Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rota, and I'll be your host. And with me, I have Father Ryan Moravitz. How are you doing today, Father? I'm pretty good, you know. We're, uh, we're at this point in this whole quarantine where there's, there's a little bit of light starting to glimmer at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a, a good day and a day in which we're kind of starting to move in that direction. So we're, not so, we're trying to be proactive and starting to plan and move in that direction. So I'm ex- it's an exciting kind of a day in the midst of everything going on. So I'm doing well. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I had a, a, a good weekend. Um, I actually went to my parents' house. Good. Um, they are kind of in the midst of like selling the cabin and the, the house and buying a lake property, um, and they're going to build a house on it. Nice. Uh, but it's got this really old, small like small cabin there, so we're kind of fixing that up, uh, and then kind of eventually be like a guest. So they're going to keep the keep the old cabin. cabin. Yeah. Fix it up and then build a new house. Yeah. Yep, cool. yep. So we're just kind of doing some some renovation on the the, the cabin. So we've, and and I mean they did pretty much all of like the hard stuff, and then I kind of showed up and we like we put flooring in and put uh, like appliances and uh, cabinets and stuff. Which I which was I mean I was like I guess it wasn't easy, but it was at least like you know y- you can see the transformation of the place yeah. like where they did all like the it's great when you do that, the, right? the like painting and all of that stuff and so so it, 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 it was fun to to work work with them for a little bit and good get all that figured out so yeah. so are they send the house they're selling is that the house you grew up in yeah yeah we we moved there like 21 22 years ago so how do you, how do you feel about that uh pretty good I'm, I'm i'm not i'm not super sentimental i'm, I'm figuring out that i'm not very sentimental about things <laughs> 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 and i mean the, 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 there was definitely like because um, we were we were at you know at the lake this weekend, I was like, oh, you know, I kind of miss our old cabin, like just just like the 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 specific view, yeah. and um, when we like were driving to like our you know family house, it's like, oh, I'm 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 gonna miss the road, you know, I, I kind of learned how to drive on that road, so I was like, there were some parts I was like, oh, I'm gonna miss this, but I mean, if I want to come back and drive on the road, I can come back you and can, drive on the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's only five, ten minutes away. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, like the the new place is is gonna be great. Um, they're can be neighbors with like their best friends, so uh, good. So th- that'll be good. They're they're in like really good spot, just like just north of Brainerd. Okay, um, on Gilbert Lake, if you know where yeah. that is. So yeah. it's a it's a nice lake, right next to town, but they're still kind of out, you know, out of town. So it and they're nice on the water. Yep, That's a good yep, thing. They're on the water, and it's like it's right up next to the water. And the the cabin that we're working on that was built before there were uh, a lot of modern laws. So it's like. 25 feet from the lake yeah and they it, get it, grandfathered it, into it. It, it, it it's on a, it's on like a hill of a slope too so they don't really have to worry about like any water like getting getting up there because nice. um but but definitely not to modern you know standards so yeah, no, those nice. all get like grandfathered in in terms of the footprint and yeah everything like that yeah. which is really good so uh so yeah it's uh, it, it it was it was a fun weekend and it'll be cool to ha- have it done and to be able to like just stay there and and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know my parents, you know, they were going to sell the house a while back that we grew up in. Okay. They bought it when I was just born. I was like one, not even probably. And uh, yeah, I got all sentimental and I was like, oh, like, I, don't, I don't want anybody else to live in this house. Like, what are you talking about? Like, 
you're just gonna keep it till you die and then like we get it and we i don't know what we'll do with it but um they ended up they weren't able to sell it the market in ely's just been so terrible Mm -hmm. um so they they did take it off the market and now they're they're just kind of settling into retirement and kind of the original plans that they had um just didn't work out and so you know they went to plan b and plan b is to just stay there now so yeah, I don't think there's any plan for them to sell it. So I was a little like, oh, good. <laughs> and yet at the same time, you know, it would have been nice for them to be able to do what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, it just didn't work out. But I got really sentimental about it. I remember feeling like, and I was like, oh, no, great. That's good. You can do it. But inside I was like, oh, I was so sad. I was like, oh, what? This is our house. <laughs> yeah, we were going through, me and my mom were going through my closet. And there's just like a couple things that I want to keep. And there's like... And I didn't have, actually, I was surprised. I thought I had more junk in there. Um, but a lot of it, I was just like, no, I'm not, like, I don't want that. If you want it, you can keep it, but you have to move it. Like, I'm, I want to throw it away. So that was kind of the majority of it. I've gotten better at that. Like, I used to be super sentimental. Like, I mean, like, every little thing, you know. And now the more I go through boxes, you know, and every move I make, the more I've, yeah. I've gotten rid of stuff that, you know, because I've gotten to this point, too, where it's like, I know, like I've got a, I've got about six crates, like like Tupperware kind of big things or whatever. Yeah, Tupperware big things. What are those? Um, that are full of like old stuff that I'm sentimental about. And I know if I go through it, <laughs> the majority of it'll be like, no, I, I just want to keep this. But I have no idea. Like right now, if you ask me what's in those, I can think of maybe one or two things probably. The rest, I like I literally haven't looked at and yeah you know, at least three years, right? So it's always like, you know, trying to find friends too. Like, can you just go through that and like you decide what you think is of value and anything it's easier else? easier that way, yeah. Just get rid of it and I'll never, I'll never know that it's gone. Like I won't go like, oh shoot, where did that go? Because I have no idea at this point. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I've, I think part of it too is I've realized, I think since I left from college, so um, I don't know, eight years ago, I haven't lived in the same place for more than a year. This will be the first two years in a row that I'm in the same place. So I think that's kind of a part of it. I've got a condition just to be like, no, I'm traveling light. Yeah. So Which is good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, do you want to open us with a prayer? Yeah, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we come before you this day, and we, we glorify you, and we praise you. We thank you for creating us and for sustaining us, most of all for uh, the great desire you have to save us and to lead us on to eternal life. Lord Jesus, you who came and suffered and died and rose from the dead, we praise you this day and we love you. We thank you for um, inviting us to share in life with you and to, to be part of your body and in that to, to be able to be priest, prophet, and king. That, Lord, you, you call each of us to the, to the grace of our baptism that allows us to share in your, your saving act and who you are, to um, participate in who you are as priest, prophet, and king. Lord, guide us and lead us in our conversation. We just ask for your blessing upon our community and upon anybody who's listening to this, that, that you would just pour forth your spirit that they might see in their vocation, in their place in life, um, their calling to act and to, to, to be priest, prophet, and king according to their, their state in life. And so, Holy Spirit, inspire us and, and lead us and guide us this day. And we thank you for your goodness. We pray all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Uh, so uh, what's uh, what's going on this week? 
Well, um, you know, so today we're going to be meeting with the handmaids. So the handmaids are back. Yeah, that's exciting. So the handmaids of the heart of Jesus. So when they, we started the stay at home and the quarantine thing, um, they made a decision, which was which was fine and good, to to head down to New Ulm and to be with their whole community down there, um, for a, a number of different reasons, and um, they've decided now, like where we're at at this point, to to come back, and they're now back at the convent at Holy Family, and I uh, was able to see them this morning. They got in last night, so that's really good because that. Um, puts us too because we're ready to start doing planning for reopening these doors for mass and welcoming people back to mass and holy communion and so we're now going to step into the process of thinking through that like what is this going to look like for us as saint lawrence and holy family um we're obviously going to we'll be taking guidelines um obviously from like the cdc the gov- the state of minnesota but particularly um father bissonette and the bishops of minnesota the usccb Conference of Catholic Bishops also have put out some guidelines, you know, for us to follow. And so we're going to certainly do what we can to do best practice, um, but also to, to really step into this and um, allow people to come back to Mass and start receiving communion after April 8th or May 18th. So it's, that's exciting. So we're going to, we're having our first meeting this afternoon to sort of start that discussion and what we need to do to roll that out and what that maybe is going to look like. And um, so that's, that's a big thing that's going on this week. Other than that, we're kind of doing our normal things. We, have, you know, we've started praying the Rosary on Friday at 6 p.m. at Catholic Duluth on Facebook, and so that's been really great too. Um, actually, we started it Saturday night. On Friday, we invited people to join as the nation on the bishop site and join that particular prayer that day. And so, um, yeah, at Catholic Duluth on 6 p.m. We've been leading uh, the Rosary. So I did Saturday night, and Deacon John did Sunday. Karen did last night with the Junusi family. And uh, all is well, and we've got somebody else. We're going to be in a different home tonight. Um, somebody from Holy Family is going to be leading us. Um, and so it's kind of, it's going to be neat to kind of maybe through the month of May be led in the rosary at 6 p.m. by various people. You know, the, la- the last couple nights we've had uh, right around 35 to 40 households listening, you know, praying together. Yeah, that's great. Um, on Facebook Live. So that's that's good, you know. It's, it's good to kind of just have that sense that we're all in this together and we're praying together. Um, and then I know a lot of other people will pray with that or watch that afterwards as well. You know, it's kind of neat on Facebook to be able to watch mm-hmm. the views and the interactions and stuff. That there's a lot of people really engaging in the faith right now. Um, so yeah, so we have that that going on. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's it's marriage preparations, it's it's meetings and figuring things out, it's signing bills and mm-hmm. and doing all that stuff. So a big shout out and a thank you to everybody who's contributed to the parishes um, by turning in your envelopes or giving online. Um, or, you know, we've had people from outside the parish and from out of town mail stuff in because they're watching us on online with our masses and joining us for masses, so they've made some generous contributions. I'm super grateful for that. Uh, so, yeah, things are are going pretty well overall, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's nice to kind of see, see some light. Yeah. Kind of, uh, although, to a certain extent, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm just starting to get in the groove a little that's bit. That's the problem, right? So that is the, that's like, why like, it's so important, I think, right now that we start to break out of this groove. Because <laughs> like, like the groove can get deep. But, but I, I mean, like, like starting to, to actually have some like decent routines that are like working. So then it's going to end. I'm like, all right, well, I got to re- 
make all my old routines and stuff. So, um, but it's it's, right. it's it's just it's, it's funny. It's funny. I'm like, oh, of course, right when I'm starting to get used to it and not have everything be completely unhealthy. But so, so and that's a good point, Dan, because it's there's reality too. Like, there's there is a dynamic of like because there's not the rush and the pressure on every day as much. Yeah. Like you know, you've probably built up some healthier like balance, right? So like don't go back to like, you know, where you were. Like and that's for any of us, right? But to say, well, how can I step into what is gonna be kind of a new normal? But what have I learned through this, right? Like yeah. you know, like I've learned like, man, I was like running around like too crazy in an unhealthy way and now I've kind of like maybe hit this other groove of feels better actually. Yeah. Okay, so how do we adjust and not just go back to you know what mm-hmm. was but what what's the new normal now i think we should implement siestas <laughs> i agree <laughs> I, the, I my life has already kind of implemented that so because <laughs> i usually work till mid-afternoon and then take my break because i know stuff is coming up in the evening so <laughs> the uh, whole culture should though we should yeah. just shut her down right yeah that'd be kind of nice yeah. that'd be kind of nice yeah. um well last week we talked about um and kind of introduce this idea of uh, priest, prophet, and king uh, having the, the, the three munera, uh, the three offices of Christ. And uh, you kind of gave a little bit of like a historical background and um, t- talked about like how, how understanding that and understanding how that impacts the identity of Christ kind of helps us understand our own identity as, uh, as sons and daughters of the Father. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, this week we kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into that, into those three different offices, um, the priest, prophet, and king, and kind of talk about how, you know, just us as Christians, uh, how or what that means for us and how we can live that out. Yeah, good. I, I'm going to wanna jump back to maybe three weeks ago or two weeks ago, but prior to we, us starting this, uh-huh. we talked about, like, the dynamic of how Christ's death, like, why does he have to die, and, like, what does that mean for us, and what is the resurrection? And we talked about how the importance of, you know, Adam and Eve stood before God and walked with him in the garden, right? That's how we say, so, like, there was this relationship, right? But in Christ becoming incarnate and dying on the cross and rising from the dead, he takes human nature into the heavenly realm, right? Um and into the life of the Trinity. And in that, we get to come and we now share in divine life, actually, if we allow this redemptive thing to happen for us, right? Yeah. So we enter into the very life of God, not just kind of standing before God, but we're really able to enter in and and be part of that. And so we now become part of Jesus. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Through the sacramental life, we become part of Christ. And so we now have do that in very practical ways. Just as Jesus did it in practical ways, we too do it in practical ways because if we're one body with him, right? We're part of the body of Christ. We now act as priest, prophet, and king. So yeah, so how do we do that? What are the ways in which we act as priest, prophet, and king? And according to our state in life, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's start with priest. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think this is one that... um I just because it's easy to think, well, we have priests and I'm not a priest. So therefore, like, how can I be a priest? 
or you know if if if, there, if there's like a woman out there and she's like well i can't be a priest so how can i be a priest if i can't be a priest so right yep so so uh, yeah if you want to kind of just just like a kind of explain that idea a little bit yeah so in catholic teaching there's the universal priesthood and then there's the ministerial priesthood so the ministerial priesthood is the the ministry of the priesthood that um, is done through the sacramental life, right? And so that's what I that's what I, that's my vocation, and I received the sacrament of holy orders. So I, I participate in what we call the ministerial priesthood. So it's the priesthood that does ministering to the whole of God's people. The universal priesthood of the baptized is this universal call to holiness, and that universally we're we're to act priestly. So all of us have a role in that. So. It, Catholic theology is very much, you know, in line with this dynamic that we are a priestly people. So what that means is that, so think about, well, so let me ask you, Dan, what does the priest do? So if you think of like, okay, when we say priest, we know, you know, we think of all these different things, mm-hmm. right? So if you're just thinking of ministerial priesthood, so you look at me as a priest, right, a pastor, whatever, what is one of the primary things that he does? And he does it every day. Uh, the Mass. Right. So he celebrates Mass, right? So you could say he sacri- offers sacrifice. He's offering the sacrifice of the Eucharist, right? And he's, he's, he's leading that, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's offering sacrifice. He's offering up what else? So sacrifice. What, what would be another word for that? Of sa- for, for sacrifice? For sorry? sacrifice or, or offering the sacrifice of the Mass. He's also... I know a word, but I can't say it. I'm trying to think... Um... It's a really simple word, actually, the one that I'm looking for. Okay, then we might not be on the same page. But so what I do? So, so what's another? What's another thing? I'm going to draw this out of you, and, and there'll <laughs> right. be people like listening to this, like it's this, it's this, right? So some of you are shouting right now, like Dan, Dan, it's this, right? What's the other thing that I do when I'm at mass as the priest? I lead us in what? What is the mass? I mean, yeah, it's an offering, right? That's a prayer. Yeah, it's what a prayer. That? There we go. You know, as simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we think it's more complicated, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Come back, like, <laughs> no, it's this simple. Like, look for this simple word. It's prayer, right? And so, you know, the primary way in which the the priest prays is through the mass and through the liturgy of the hours, right? The universal priesthood of the baptized is it, it's a calling to prayer, to offering prayer by means of different sacrifice by participating at mass yourself, right? And sharing in the Eucharistic sacrifice in Holy Communion. It's an offering prayers and petitions on behalf of God's people. You know, so you think of the, the, the petitions that you bring before God every day for the people in your life and the, for the world. You know, we have a role as part of the body of Christ to offer God these petitions, right? Most of all, as a priestly people, that offering of sacrifice, okay, here's the thing. The offering of sacrifice is an act of worship, first and foremost. It's an act of worship and thanksgiving to God. And so as a priestly people, we are called, because this is what Christ does, right, is to, to, to praise the Father, right, um, to praise God, to worship God um, through these various, various means. Um, and so, you know, whether you're a husband or wife, or you're single, you're a mom, you're a dad, um, you're five years old, or you're 95 years old, whether you're sick or you're healthy, you are called to give worship to God to the offering of your prayers and your sacrifices, uh, your intentions, 
I'm entrusting them to the Lord. And you can do that through, obviously, you know, participating in the Mass, um, by praying the Rosary, by praying the Chaplet, by um, just offering petitions to God. Um, anything you do in prayer <laughs> is participating in the priestly role. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, would you add anything to that? Um, you know, I I don't I don't know if I would. Um, I think I have a thought, but I might save it towards the end once we talk about all three. Okay. Yeah. So I think knowing the priestly role is just like you think of like, well, what does Father mainly do? He he leads us in prayer. Okay, so like, yeah, and as a as sharing in the priesthood, the universal priesthood as a ministerial priest, right? I lead us in that as a community, right? Yeah. But I'm just simply up there leading as as a priest, right? Um, but we're all called to share in that offering of prayer, yeah. right? It's not like, because, right, you don't just come to Mass, for instance, and, oh, well, we're going to watch Father offer prayers, no, I'm leading all the whole community in offering the prayer. And so you have a participation in that, no matter who you are as a baptized individual, right? And then you carry that out through your daily life, too, and all these other forms of prayer, whether it's the Liturgy of the Hours or whatever it may be. So Yeah, and I, I, I guess I, I would say that it's, it's, it's important and easy to forget also when we do go to Mass, as, you know, someone from the other side, for, from in the pews, to just be like, oh, well, this is, you know, you know, Father's the one is the one offering the sacrifice. You know, he's he's praying the mass, and we're just kind of, you know, we're just here to 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 watch, and or 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 even think, you know, I might even think like participate, but kind of like lowercase p participate. Well, you and know, I, and so sometimes it's it's good to be like, well, you can obviously do things that we can't. Yeah. But but to think like, oh, but we actually like we can, um, we can have an important role in this. Yeah. Also, so. And we can get stuck in like in the mass and even in our, our prayer or whatever as a church, but particularly at the mass, we can get in just a horizontal mode where it, we come to mass and we think it's just person to person. Yeah. Like it's just about us connecting as people and we can lose sight of the priestly role because the priestly role goes vertical. And so as a community, we, we, we can't just be about one another. We have to be about being together and going up to God and offering our prayer up to God together. And that's when we really start participating in that that priestly role because the priestly role is a vertical role. We would say like it's yeah. it's the lifting our hands, our eyes, and our voices to God in prayer, in worship, right? And so when we come to mass, to, to remember, this is just not a person to person event. In good, you know, we're building community. No, primarily we're acting as a priestly people, lifting everything up to the Lord, right? Yeah. And you hear that language in the Mass if you listen carefully. So that, that that prayer is really lifting everything up to God, right? I want to add one more thing to this. Go for it. I'm kind of inspired inside to to, to say this, I think. One of the things, um, and we could do a whole, whole I think, show on this too, is, is sacrificial um, suffering and redemptive suffering. Remember that Jesus' greatest act of being a priest and offering prayer and offering sacrifice is what he does on the cross. So his greatest offering to the Father is the offering of himself as he's dying. His death and his suffering is his greatest offering of prayer. If you're suffering or when you suffer, because we all will in some way, and when you are dying, 
realize that that is your greatest moment, actually, to participate in this priestly role and in, 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 on just like a raw human level, right? Is to unite yourself in a death like his. And his death was an offering of himself to God the Father. And so to take our dying and our loved ones dying and make it like the cross as an offering of praise to God in thanksgiving, believe it or not, for life, for love, right? For his grace and his salvation. So, so unite your suffering and your death to Jesus on the cross and you will very much in a, in a big way be participating in, in Jesus' priestly role and how he did it. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's beautiful. Super important. It's a great way for us as a people to recognize or to, when that time comes, to say, okay, I, I am a, a priest <laughs> according to my baptism in Jesus Christ, and I offer myself up to God as a, as a sacrifice of love and suffering for the world and in praise to God. And it, yeah, that's that's a whole nother yeah. like, can of worms too, right? So, okay. Well, that's priest. How about yeah. prophet? Yeah, yeah, let's jump over to prophet. Um, I think, uh, yeah, so how, or what, how do you explain the, the, the office of prophet? Okay. And uh, just kind of on, I guess, a base level. Yeah, so what what does the prophet mainly do? Uh speaks the word. Speaks the word, right? So it's it's the the primary thing is to speak the word of God, right? And so that prophetic role is to to speak speak God's word, to speak the truth <laughs> of who God is and what his plan is for us, right? And so on a very practical level as a prophetic people, um we all have that role in different ways, right? Um parents have that prophetic role in a very particular way towards their children. Right, spouses should be should be speaking the word into their spouse's heart and mind, right? And what they and how what they say and do, they should be speaking the word of God into their the, the into the other for their good, right? So rather than you know you can think of all the things, maybe you speak into the mind and mind and heart of your spouse or your children. Are you being prophetic? Are you speaking something of God's? goodness and love, truth and justice. Because that's there too, right? I'm not mm -hmm. saying like it's yep. all like fun and games. I get it. But there's times too where we probably can go, I probably wasn't being much of a, a, a prophet according to my baptism based on what maybe I spoke yeah. into my kids or my spouse's heart and mind today. Now that can go for all of us then too, whatever your state in life is as well. You know, for instance, Dan, in your role, because of your job, there's a certain, like you're participating in the prophetic role, right? In, mm -hmm. the pro in the prophetic nature of who you are as a baptized member of the body of Christ by sharing it and teaching it in a special way. But you also are going to be doing that with your friends, your buddies, your girlfriend, right? Um, those around you, your coworkers, right? So, I mean, you, we participate in that prophetic role in various ways. Um, you can also think then at... You know, and I think we'll get more into some of the dynamics of the mass too, maybe next week, um, yeah. in terms of these roles. But that's certainly a place in which that's done as well. Um, teachers, um, particularly catechists, um, people who are out there and have a gift and have been called to teach the faith in some way. You know, that's a way to participate in the prophetic role. Um, really, essentially, none of us are off the hook. We're, we all just share it in a different way. Yeah. You know, and obviously, as a priest and or as a deacon or a religious. 
we have a we have another way in, in which we need to do that. Now, I'm going to jump back a step because here's part of the prophetic role as well. You have to know, love, and serve God in order to be a prophet. So part of the prophetic role is, first and foremost, knowing, loving, and serving God. Because that's what the prophets do, right? So you have to know God. You have to know his word. You have to know his teachings through the sacred scriptures and sacred tradition. Like if we don't take time to allow that to saturate our very being, our heart, and our mind, we are not going to participate as as well as we could in this beautiful thing that we get to share in. So knowing, loving, and serving God and um, learning through, through study, through reflection and meditation and prayer, um, and through our action and participating in it, you know, we're, we're not going to really know it, so we're not going to really be able to speak it, you know, into the heart and mind of the one that I'm called to speak it to. So part of the prophetic role is not just this action of doing it, it's this action of allowing it to become part of me. Yeah. So that's a really important thing too, because we see Jesus do that, and we, you know, as in his prophetic role, he he already obviously knows the Father because he's one with the Father, but but he also takes that time, and even as a child, he grows in wisdom. So he, you know, he's he's learning too in some ways. So it's it's an important part of recognizing that I'm called to be a prophet to the people in my life according to my state in life and their relationship to me, you know, spouses, my children, sometimes even my parents or my friends. But where am I at in uh, my knowledge of it? Yeah, I, I, I think that knowledge part is something that uh, I was thinking about as I was kind of thinking about these three, like, offices and thinking, like, yeah, a prophet, obviously, they're there to, to share the word and to speak it and you know, so I, I kind of think of in like the in Jesus's time with people on like you know the side of uh, these like streets and just you know speaking out um, like right. know, prophesying. You know, some sometimes like the, yeah. the, 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 like that, you're the predictor. Yeah, like that, I'm not a prophet. Like, well, the prophet predicts things. Yeah, that that's kind of what I thought about right away. But then I was like, no, but like if we're like if we're there to be just be like a prophet and to speak truth. Like we have to know the truth. That's right. Or else we, we can't we can't speak it. And so that was that was something that like that kind of like a layer that I was diving into. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's definitely an important part of being that prophet is being um, is is learning about our faith. Yep. So let me. I'm gonna. I want a final note on this one because I, I see the time here too. Of what? Because we do want to get to the kingly role as well. Um. Be responsible with the prophetic role that you have as a baptized member of the body of Christ. And in all the things that we've already said, but in this too, when you don't know, shut your mouth. (laughs) Sometimes you have to say, you know what, I don't know. Don't try to sound like you know if you don't know. You know, go find the answer. That's part of the prophetic role. But part of the prophetic role too is to not speak things that I don't know or false things about God. And that happens a lot. People in their pride will start to talk like they know what they're talking about. And you have to be, have the humility to, in this prophetic role too to say, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to that or this or whatever the case may be. So we have to be prudent with this too and be responsible to have the humility to sometimes say I don't know because one of the things I encounter a lot is people will 
disagree or leave the church or be frustrated with the Catholic Church or whatever because so-and-so said this. And I'll, I always say, well, what did so-and-so tell you? And they'll say, and I'll be like, oh, okay, let's see if we can find that in the Catechism or the Bible, for starters. And there's a lot of times where it's like, it's not in there. And so it's like, sometimes you, you it's okay to just tell somebody, you know, I, I'm just not sure. And then you got to take that on to like, I need to learn more about that. But don't, don't act like a prophet who knows something when you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes being a prophet is like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So does that make sense? Yeah. I think yeah. it's part of the responsibility because we can start to go like, well, I'm a prophet. I'm supposed to be a prophet, Father yeah. said. So yeah. I'm going to talk about the faith. And I don't know anything about it. I'm like, no. <laughs> know your role as a prophet <laughs> and that, I, I think um a good thing for for, for probably all three and I, definitely as we kind of switch over to the, the kingly role is using you know we kind of start off with the this idea of like we get our identity from jesus and so if we don't know how to use either of these or any of these uh you know offices we can look to jesus to to see how he used the, those those, those yep. offices and know? i think i think too like for instance you know, parents bringing their kids to Mass, they're participating in the priestly and prophetic role by being present and bringing, for instance, their kids there. So, parents, you're sharing, you're sharing the faith. Excuse me. You're sharing the faith with your kids, and you're being a prophet by bringing them there. And they're learning from, you know, Father or from listening to the Word, right? So sometimes that prophetic role also involves just bringing somebody to the truth. It may not be that you're the one maybe speaking more in depth about the truth, but you're the bridge to that deeper understanding. So that can be a, a participation in that prophetic role too, is just bringing the kids to faith formation, you know, mm -hmm. making sure they get there because that's your role in sharing it, you know? Now, I mean, talk about they also have a role in, in teaching it themselves, so you can't just kind of like pawn it off. That's not what I'm saying, right? But sometimes that's part of the role, right? It's like send them to class, you know? Yeah. All and right. that gets into the kingly yeah, role. Yeah, into the kingly <laughs> kingly role, um, which, uh, yeah, you know, think about this one. It's like, okay, well, what does a king do? A, a, good, a good king. That's right. <laughs> What's a good king do? And, um, you know, I think, you know, lead, which we kind of talked about a little bit last week, but then uh, also serve. Yes. You know, especially looking at how, you know, how is Jesus a king? And he washed people's feet. That's right. Yep. Christ is the king who meets people where they are, and then he serves them. And in that, he leads them, right? And he's also the king willing to lay down his life for the good of the other. Um, in love. And so, and that's an act of, that's the greatest act of service that he shows as well, right? Yeah. And so, um, we see all these other small ways that he does it only to lead to the bigger way of the washing of the feet and then the sacrifice of the cross. Um, and so, it is our role as we share in in Christ to, to do the corporate works of mercy, right, in service um, to our brothers and sisters and to lead them towards good and to help them in the good. Um, and so it is a, a, a servant role for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this is kind of one that's easily overlooked, but also the most practical maybe. Yeah. It's yeah. It's the most practical. And I think it's the one that a lot of people like, they, they actually, when you think about it in that way, they like, 
that's an easy one to kind of get to or an easy one for really almost anybody to do, you know? Yeah. One of the things, you know, we had an interview with Sister Christina, my good friend, that we did on Facebook, and she said one of the things that caused her to fall in love with this idea of mercy and divine mercy that St. Faustina talks about is that um, you have to have... you can you have to have zero talent to offer mercy. Like you don't need to you don't need to have any abilities to offer mercy. And there's a lot of truth to that. That mercy in its many forms can be given to others. Um, you don't need anything. <laughs> yeah. And you don't need a certain talent. You know. Um, you 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 really can um, serve others in mercy uh, very readily. You know. So. It's a, it's a, it's a different way to to kind of see that too, right? It's not like a, um, a ruling, dictating, having the power kind of a, th- yeah. a role. Yeah, and uh, I think also, um, like you don't have to always, you don't, um, like it's good to you know, to take a leadership role, so, like within. Uh, the church to some degree, whether it's, you know, leading a little like a group or something like that, but that doesn't exactly mean what it has, you know, for some people it's like, yeah, that, that, that will, how they're called to live out their kingly office. But for other people it'd be like, no, but we just need someone to, you know, help out serve fu- funeral lunches. Yep. So, you know? and that's part of like knowing too. So, you know, with all these roles, we have to know kind of what, what are my, what are my gifts or talents or what's my state in life? That's what we, we started at. Right. Yeah. So with the kingly role, too, you know, we look at, at what we call charisms, too. Like at, at our baptism, we're given charisms. We're given particular gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. And that's another kind of dynamic of this kingly role is the building up of the body of Christ, right, through service, through love, through, through leading. <laughs> so what is your gift given at baptism? And that's a discernment. That's not like I get to choose my gift. Like this, <laughs> I want this one, so I'm going to do this one. It's having the humility to recognize and accept the gift that God's given you to be shared with the body of Christ, to build it up. And there's a whole process to sort of really coming to an honest discovery of a charism. Because some people will be like, this is my charism. And everybody around is looking at him like, that is not your charism. You just want it to be your charism. And you're trying too hard to make it your charism, your gift. And it's not, you know. Um, And so uh, it's important that in thinking about ourselves as sharing in, in Christ the King, it's to say, well, what is my gift towards service and love towards others that can lead others to and help build up the kingdom? You know, um, a natural sort of charism comes with parenthood, you know, so to come back to that, um, is that you naturally have the gift and the responsibility to bring your kids to Mass, Right? And so you got to lean into that and make sure you bring your kids to Mass. You know, that's part of, like, sharing in this kingly role. So when you do that, you're participating in that because you are serving, right, your children by sharing them with them the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, in the Word, in the sacraments, right? and in your role as parent. And so sometimes that is an act of service in and of itself, just by taking somebody somewhere where they need to go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, you think of a sick person, right? You would you would certainly consider it a service um, to your child as an act of love if you brought your child to the doctor when they were sick, right? Easily yeah. can see that as an act of love. When you know they're struggling with some sin, to bring them to confession is an act of love, 
and to say, okay, we need to go, we need to go to confession. Like, let's go to confession. Like, you can't force them, right? Um, but to bring them and say, let's go to confession. It'd be really good for, for you, for us, for whatever. Like, that's participating in that, that service and love in that kind of a way as well. So lots of things to think about on that, you know. Lots of ways in which we can serve and we can't get uh, too narrow-minded about it, I think. Yeah. And uh, maybe a kind of closing thought as we wrap up is that a lot of these, I would say that there may be kind of like a uh, Venn diagram a little bit where they overlap. You know, like all of, I mean, maybe Venn diagram isn't the perfect, I guess, th- thought, but, but that, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, being, um, all of the offices will overlap and, uh, there's multiple ways like you can, you can do multiple at once. You can live out multiple at once, I guess. Yep. They, they, they impact and they affect each other and they, they remember Christ is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like he's like it's not like it's like three different like personalities in each of these offices or like three different persons. It's the one person of Jesus Christ has these three things to him. It's like the three legged stool. So if we try to like say, well, I don't want that one, so I pull it out. Well, yep. it's gonna fall. You're not living it out fully, right? So it is this dynamic of like the fullness of Christ is we are priest, prophet, and king, and that all those work together and act together. They can't act separately, you know. So that's why you see so much. Of intertwining here too as we're talking about for instance coming to mass yeah you know there's a big intertwining of these three roles that you take one of those out and you're losing the full picture of what what this baptismal calling that we have as the universal priesthood of jesus christ in our, our baptism so uh yeah yeah which can lead us into next week's conversation about talking about the mass and the priest prophet and king roles within the mass right yeah yeah so you know i i, I think it's definitely um you know, it makes sense when you look at everything from afar in these last, you know, this week, last week, and then next week, how all of these these offices of Christ all are have a lot to do with the Mass. Yep. They, they really know? converge there, and that's why the Mass is, you know, the Eucharist, it's the source and summit. Yeah. It's our, it's our going to point and our sending forth point um, w- with all three of these. Yeah, so... I think it'll be good. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week and kind of just tying everything in together. Um, yeah, and hopefully it'll give us give us a lot to you know, especially as we we gear up to come yeah. back to mass. Yeah, right? yeah, we, we be back here at church and yeah, it, receiving communion. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be hopefully just you know a really extra special uh, time for us. So, yeah. all right. Well, thank you all for listening, and uh, we hope you have a great week. And we will talk to you next week. May God bless you, and may Jesus Christ be praised.